Thank you. Good morning. How many are awake? Ha ha ha. Nice. I like that. All right. All right. I'll try to be real quiet then. <laughs> we have been <clears throat> going through a series of um, In the Light. And we had lamps up here. Now we have candles up here. The candles seem a little bit more dangerous to me. Um, I kept thinking as I was coming up here, okay, I've got to make sure that I don't trip. I don't, I'm just telling you, be ready to run at any time, okay? That's all I'm telling you. Just, just be prepared. The, the last few weeks, the last five weeks, I guess we've been looking at in the light and what does it mean to be in the light. Kind of a study of First John. Um, and last week, Chris kind of started addressing this great question that I think we all deal with at one time or another in our life of going, how do I know that I'm really like a Christ follower? How do, how do I know that? And kind of, what is there something that I can kind of measure that by or, or what? So last week we began to look at one that we were all fans of, um, and Chris had the opportunity to play... Um, Simon says, how many like a game? Anybody like games? No, I like, see, I like the honesty. I like the honesty right there because I'm not a real game guy, but I like Simon says, I do like that. I'm not doing it today, but I, I like, I do like that. I fail at that because I don't listen that well. Anybody fail to listen? You probably did right there. Right? That was it. You didn't hear a thing that I said right there. Yesterday we went to a, oh, it's called a puzzle house or something like that. It's puzzle room, I think is what it is. And they put you in a room and they give you clues. Like, this is a puzzle. There's four different puzzles you've got to solve. And in the middle of the room, there was a heart patient that we had to put a heart into. But before we could operate on this patient, we had to get all these clues, which was all around the room. And um, so... The very, she goes through all this instruction, and I'm like, I didn't hear a word she said. I'm focused on, I see the first one that I'm running to. I see it. And so it was this, this human body that was a cardboard fixture on the wall. And um, as soon as she said, go, man, I just ran for the wall, and I ripped this sucker off the wall. It was Velcroed on the wall. And she's coming over there, no, no. See the signs? Do not remove. These, this is what I was telling you before this. Don't remove that. I'm like, Oh, oh, yeah, yeah. No, now that you pointed that out to me, um, I, I see that now, yeah. Um, there's something about listening sometimes that, that happens. It's a husband thing, maybe. Think it's a, anybody think it's a husband thing? Uh, they're not even listening now. I, wives, that was your opportunity to say something right there. Um, when we look at this, this whole thing about in the light, Chris brought out last week about obedience and said, we struggle with obedience. It is something that maybe some of you, my wife is a very, um, man, she likes to go by the letter of the law. I mean, she is, this is it. If this is what it says, she's going to do it. I mean, this is it. And I don't believe that most of the things around me mean me. You know, anybody else drive and all the paint on the road is not really for you. The signs on the road are not really for you. They're for other people who really don't know how to drive as good as we do. You know, that's how I look at it. And my wife is like, what are you doing? And I'm like, well, that's not meant for me. 
That's meant for those people that don't know how to drive. That's why they have so much paint on the road and so many signs. They need a lot of help. I don't really need that much help. And so there's a difference in personality sometimes. And so some of you obey really good. And when we talk about obedience and stuff, it's just in your nature. You fall, oh, yes. My wife, she, she is great on that. I struggle with that. Chris was talking about struggling um, with that last week. But part of this, whenever John is writing to us, we've got to understand kind of what is going on here. Um, we're going to begin to look at this in 1 John 2 and 9 through 11. This one is the second test. Last week was the first test. What do I do? How do I know if I'm a Christian? What's going on? Chris said, obey. We've got to obey what God said. Um, this one, John follows up with that obeying what? It is to love each other. So this is what we're looking at today. Um, 1 John 2, 9 through 11. The one who says he is in the light and yet hates his brother is in darkness until now. That means he's still in darkness. If you say you love your, yeah, I, I love God, but I hate my brother, um, it says I'm still in darkness. I don't know the light. Verse 10, the one who loves his brother abides in the light and there is no cause for him to stumble, stumble um, in him. But the one who hates his brother is in darkness and walks in that darkness and does not know where he is going because the darkness has blind his eyes. The second area that we are going to look at today is just, how do I love others? Um, I want you to really remember or think about this. We, we kind of neutralize Scripture. You know what I mean? We, we look at it, and there's not a lot of emotion. Um, there's not, we don't comprehend sometimes what's going on. There was craziness going on when John was writing this. He was writing this to a group of people just like you and me. It was just a church that was meeting together. And all of a sudden, craziness began to break loose in the church. How many have been in church long enough to know that if you're in church long enough, craziness is going to break loose? There's something about us people. We are crazy. I mean, that's just kind of part of it is that we have this crazy gene in us that when we get together, for some reason we can get along so long, and then we go crazy. Anybody ever experienced that? Yeah. I was telling them in the first service, they said, I grew up in church. Um, I grew up in a super, super dysfunctional church. That was just entertaining. I mean, it was just entertaining. One Sunday that I'll never forget, because it was my favorite Sunday in the world, was we were at church. I was in the little student section. Even I mean, we had this little, little bitty student section, and I'm over there probably nodding off and on, thinking about something else. And all of a sudden, um, there was a little bit of conflict between some of the people and the pastor. And the pastor began to actually share what he thought of some of the people in the church. I mean, from up here, check this out. I mean, he's, he's just, he just begins to look at people and go, hey, Billy, don't really like you. No, I, he didn't go into that detail, but he, he, he did begin to just kind of go this rant about people. We live close to the beach, and he was going on a rant about people being at the beach instead of church, yada, yada, yada. A lady stood up in the middle of the church, and she was kind, she was nice, and she said, um, brother, I, I feel like you're really out of line. And that brought joy to my heart. I thought, oh, that's hilarious. Yeah, that is. I'm glad I came this morning. 
all of a sudden he looked at her and he said, you know what I think? I think you should sit down and shut up. Oh my goodness. As a student in there, I was just like, I am so glad I came this morning. This is my favorite Sunday. Oh my goodness. There is some dysfunction within us as a body, and there always has been. John is addressing this. Um, this, this is, in my mind, what I see going on in this, is that John, very fatherly figure, very, I mean, he, he is talking to us, because it's just, it's just a church, uh, probably a smaller group than this, but there's been craziness in here. The, there's people that have gone off teaching this, and they, other people have followed that, and then there's those that have stayed behind. But if you have been in a church long enough, you know that we don't do that in a nice way. You, you know what I mean? You're, you're not allowed to have your opinion and run off without me having my opinion and telling this group about it. You, how many understand that? Okay, so that's what was going on. All this was going on. And so John, in the middle of this, in the middle of this, basically a family war, John sits down in my mind and he goes, hey, we need to have a family meeting here. How many understand family meetings are never good? Anybody? I, I hate, I, I didn't really have them. It was just me and my mom growing up. We didn't really have family meetings. We just yelled at each other. Anybody ever grow up like that? That's how we, uh, and then I'd go, why are you yelling at me? And she'd be like, you know when I'm yelling at you. And I'm like, oh, cool. All right. That's awesome. I tried to do it differently and I would try to have family meetings. Um, how many understand they just, they're great in your mind, but they fall apart as you're doing it anyway, you know. Um, this is what John is doing in this letter, is that he is having a family meeting with us and saying, I comprehend what's going on. He's addressing some of the, the teaching that was going on. Um, there are great emotion going on here. There are friendships that are ripped apart. There is family that is ripped apart. All this stuff is going on. And John has the ability to go and say, hey, these people are stupid. Um, slap them. Every time you see them, kick them in the throat. That's every time. If you want to know that you are a follower of God, every time you see them, kick them in the throat. Do that. I would be like, dude, you rock. You are my favorite leader. Uh, if I wasn't so short, because I can't really kick a lot of people in the throat. But I would, I would like that attitude. This is what John says, though. Check this out. He says... I want you to obey, and he's, he's leading back to what he said a long time ago. He goes, I want you to obey God. And God says, love each other. I don't want you to respond to all the craziness. I, you don't have to have the right answers. Um, you don't have to fight. What I want you to do is I want you to love each other. And I'm like, how weak is that? I mean, come on, give us a chance, man. Give us a chance to stand up and fight and do all this stuff. But this is what John is saying in this part. He's going, you know something? You want to know if you're a follower of Christ? Number one, are you obedient to God? And we begin to go through all these rules. Okay, I'm obeying, I'm obeying. But that obedience is leading right into my obedience is do you love others? Love others around you. And I'm like, I tolerate them. I don't know about loving them. 
This is what John is dealing with. So when we look at this letter, we've got to understand, it may have been a long time ago that it was written, but guess what? We still deal with it. We still deal with all the craziness. This is what I really like about the Bible, is that the Bible actually brings out our craziness. If you come from a crazy family, we don't really like to talk about our craziness. We like to hide our, our kind of crazy. I come from a crazy family, and we tried to look as good. <laughs> we tried to look as good and normal as like anybody else, but we were a little bit crazy. And we would try to put that image out there. As a church and as Christians, we usually try to make sure that we look good. How many understand that? There is a hard act going on trying to look good. And yet, scripturally, when you go back into the Bible, they didn't really care about what other people thought on this. They let the crazy out. John is telling us, there's some crazy going on here. And I think that the reason that they did this is because they weren't really worried about if the church was impressive. They knew that this was about God dealing with broken, messed up people. We sometimes flip the story, and we think that we're the ones that are like, oh, this story, you know, we've got to be impressive. We've got to hide our craziness. You know something? We are crazy. We are. This is not our story, and I've said this before. This is a story about God interacting in the lives of crazy, broken people. And so when you read these stories, sometimes we clean them up to make them present well or look good, and, oh, this is what we have. John is just laying it out there, and he says, you're crazy, I understand that, they're crazy. Obey God, and obeying basically is this, love each other, love each other. So we're going to look at that today. Um, when, we, when we look at all this, this is the scripture we want to begin with. Um, why is it so hard to love each other? First John 3 11 through 12, and we're going to be kind of going over the same scriptures over and over, but I want you to, to kind of check and follow them with me. For, th for this is the message that you have heard from the beginning, that we should love one another. We should not be like Cain. There's these brothers, Cain and Abel, if you don't know the story, from the very beginning of the Bible there, and um, they, one had a problem with the other one, and he ended up, it kept growing and kept growing and kept growing. And finally, Cain killed his brother. So when we look at this, this is what he's referring back to, is this story. He said, we should not be like Cain, um, who was of the evil one and murdered his brother. Everyone who hates his brother is a murderer. Man, that's a killer. That really is a killer murderer. Okay, forget it. Um, you know that no murderer, has, no murderer has eternal life abiding in him. He's just saying, look at this, dude. Um, if... if you hate your brother, the light is not in you. You can call it whatever you want. And we being in the church, we are great at calling it other things. But you know something? A lot of it is, I just don't like you. Anybody understand that? I mean, we, we call it whatever. You name it, you name it whatever thing you want. But the Bible, when John is dealing with this, he's just saying, hey, you hate your brother and you're denying the light. It's not in you. So when we look at this, um, I want you to really comprehend that I think the first reason that we, we still deal with this is that we have sinful desires. We still battle with our sinful desires. Galatians 5, 19 through 21 says this. When you follow the desires of your sinful nature, the results are very clear. 
um, sexual immorality, impurity, lustful pleasure, idolatry, sorcery. Here we go into like relationship, church stuff, hostility, quarreling, jealousy, outbursts of anger, selfish ambition, dissension, division, envy. Um, then it goes into drunkenness, wildness, uh, or wild parties, whatever. How many understand that these are signs that something is going wrong in us? And the reality is, this is where I live so many times when I'm trying to deal with people in the church. I, 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 I start off very nice. I, I start off wanting to love you. I, and we walk together in life. And then something happens. And these things begin to take place in my life. And the Bible says, hey, when these things begin to be signs in your life, you know that these are sinful desires taking place. So although we are Christians, we can still mess this thing up. We want to look good, but we still have our crazy. Um, Here's a video I want you to look at. There's nothing better than spending time with friends just like you. I love you, you love me. We're a happy family with a great big hug and a kiss from me to you. Won't you say you love me too? (laughs) I love you, you love me. We're best friends. Now I hate the Barney song. Now you guys kind of disappointed me because the first service I could hear them singing it in the background there. They might, yeah, that's true, that's true. Um, We want to present this whole I love you thing and yet the reality is we get annoyed like crud from other people. I, I want to love you, but to keep me loving you, I need you to stay away from me. To keep me loving you, I need you. Let's just agree not to talk to each other. You don't share your opinions. I won't share my opinions. And we will greet each other, but let's not go any further than that. I guess we could talk about the weather, but let's not deal with anything deeper than that. And yet the Bible is saying, hey, we are this family that is knitted together. We're to encourage, we're to strengthen, yada, yada, yada. You know, when you begin to deal into stuff like that, you begin to hit different opinions. You begin to, to deal with mess. And when we begin to deal with mess, our reaction sometimes is what? I don't like you. I don't like you. How many don't like the people? No, I'm kidding. <laughs> Just kidding. Just kidding. 
we get into this cycle because we have sinful desires still. And this is not a judgmental thing going, hey, you guys are bad. This is, this is trying to understand the reality of living this Christian life is that we are going to struggle. I would love to say that because we are Christians, we don't have to really worry about this. We just naturally love each other. We come together. We have differing opinions. We see life different. We are never going to agree on the same thing. And yet John says, I am to love the crud out of you. That's what he says. I am to love, even if I don't agree with I am to love the crud out of you. Sometimes I want to give in to my sinful desires because that's very natural to me. My selfishness, my jealousy, my whatever. It said, don't be this Cain dude, and Cain become jealous of his brother. Cain was not a Satanist. Cain was a follower of God. In fact, this dispute that led to a murder actually came out of the worshiping of God. And one became jealous of the other one. How many have seen death come, don't raise your hand, don't, don't say anything. How many have seen death come into a body or come into a relationship just because of jealousy or, or envy? Or, as you go through this list of what is, what is the flesh, the hostility, quarreling, jealousy, outbursts of anger, selfish ambition, um, dissension, division, envy. I have all these. I struggle with all these. And somewhere in my relationships, these manifest from time to time. And I begin to destroy things. And I have to back off and go, what did John tell me? John said, I am to love you. I am to love you. And so we have to know this is our goal. Why do we struggle with this? It's because we still have sinful desires. I want us to back off a little bit. We're, we're looking at a close range picture. I want us to look at a little bit bigger picture. Because it's not just you. The next thing I want you to really understand is there is a real spiritual warfare going on. This is not just that we are crazy. I mean, a little bit of it is. We're crazy. It is not just that. There is, there is a spiritual warfare going on. And I want us to check this out. Galatians 5. Uh, no, not Galatians 5. I'm lying to you. Galatians 6. 12 says this, For we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the cosmic powers over this present darkness, against spiritual forces of evil um, in the heavenly places. The Bible is saying there is this real war going on that we don't even sense, that we don't see. And we as Christians become really intellectual. We become... Um, we just forget sometimes that there is this spiritual warfare going on. And yet, if you stepped back and you looked at the relationships that we're dealing with, you looked at the church, you would go, why do we end up at each other's throat? I think it's a bigger plot than just me being me all the time. I think there really is a spiritual warfare going on that is going, you know something? You were created in the image of Christ. One of the things that we see as a principal entity of this is that there was relationship going on, and he built us for relationship. When sin entered the world, the first thing that happened was relationship was broken. There's something about sin and broken relationship. It's part of just kind of the results. When I look at this, we have to know that there is something going on 
bigger than just us, bigger than our church. And the enemy loves to kill, rob, and destroy. That's what Scripture says. That's not, that's not me just saying that. So I have to examine what's going on in my life and go, you know something, what is my life producing? And if it goes back to this robbing, killing, and destroying stuff, which we don't do it in a, in a physical manner, we are, we are sly. How many understand? We, as Christians, we are good. Anybody understand? If you have been in the church very long, I can talk about you without you knowing it. Anybody know that? I can bring you down. Because I don't, I, I don't, I'm smart enough to know how to do this. And there's something that happens within me that I begin to bring division between me and you. I'm not looking at blaming anybody. I'm saying, this is me. I will bring division between me and you. It'll just happen. Why? I think there's sinful desires within me, and I think that there's a spiritual war going on that we've got to be very aware of. Um, when he said, I, I like this, he said that, that Cain was a murderer. We look at this and go, well, you know, we would never. Is he saying, hey, don't go crazy on the people around you and start murdering them? I don't think we're going to probably have to worry about that. Maybe every once in a while you would, you're like, oh, I'd just like to slap them. Um, nobody in here probably, but other people other people, places. When he says this about murdering, growing up in the, church, the churches that I've kind of grown up in and, and working in church most of my life, um, we have the ability to destroy each other. And we do it in a very Christian way. We, we spiritualize what we do. And I think we got to look at this and really go, am I killing the people around us? Am I, am I killing the relationships around me? I'm, I'm not going to murder you, but I'm going to murder your reputation. I, I'm going to murder what people think about you. I'm going to rip you apart. Why? Uh, maybe you make me insecure. Maybe, maybe you just kind of freak me out a little bit. Maybe I am just jealous. I don't know what it is, but there is something within me that will do this. And so when he talks about murdering, we're not going to probably murder, but we will rob, kill, and destroy. He says, Cain, he's just acting like, basically like his father, the devil, um, is kind of what he throws out there. And he's going, man, you're acting just like your dad. How many times do we in the church want to act like God, but yet the results that we get are not godly? Anybody understand that? Anybody awake at all? Sweet, sweet. What do we do? John, I think he gives us a simple answer um, when we're looking at this. And yet it's, it's, so, it's not simple. First um, John 3, 14 through 16. If we love our brothers and sisters who are believers, it proves that we have passed from death to life. I want you to really get a hold of this. It, it's not just a me thing. Um, he says, you, you want to know something? If I, if I love you, it shows that something has happened within me. It shows that, that there's a God change within me. This is what I want you to understand. This, this is not just a tolerating each other. It says that if there's a real change in here, that then I can love you. Without that real change going on, I don't have the ability to love you. I can tolerate you. We can talk nice to each other. We can be at peace 
and not, not destroy each other. I can't love you the way that he's telling me to love you unless I'm walking in the light. It's just what he says. Check this out. Um, when he says in verse 16, then he says, we know what real love is because Jesus gave up his life for us. So we also ought to give up our lives for our brothers and sisters. I don't care how dysfunctional a church you've come from. I don't care how dysfunctional a family you've come from. Um, The picture of love is not your family. The picture of love is maybe not what you comprehend. The picture of love is this crazy love that the Bible keeps pointing back to and saying, you've got to love like Christ. You may not know how to love. Husbands, we're called to love as Christ loved the church. That is a crazy love. That's a crazy love. But we have to love as Christ loved the, the church if we're a husband. On this one, he's saying... Love others as Christ has loved you. We know what real love is because Jesus gave up his life for us. This is my challenge to us on this, is that so many times the markings of a Christian that is growing in the Lord is I become wiser. I, I, I can qu- Anybody really horrible at memorizing anything? Anybody? I appreciate you so much. Anybody struggle with your own phone number? I was on the phone talking to someone, and they, they asked me my address, and I choked. And I'm like, it is, no, that's not it. Hang on. And I had to get, like, my, my license out, and hang, here it is. And the lady is just laughing at me. And she's like, well, good luck getting home. And I'm like, uh, uh, I have Google Maps. I'll get home. Uh-huh. Um, yeah, there's, there is this, this marking that we do as we grow sometimes in the church and we become wiser, we become whatever. And yet I think sometimes we have to back off from this and go back to where we really began because I was merciful to you when I first became a Christian because I came from a messed up life. I understood the grace of God because my life a week ago was in shambles and God forgave me and he's restoring me. It seems the longer I walk with Christ and the better that I become and maybe I'm not falling into sin and now I have crazier people than me around me so I can look at them and go, oh, that's sad. Um, The more I change And I forget about, I am walking in the grace of God. This is not about who I am, but this is about what he has done in my life. And when John is talking about this, he is talking about not comprehending. Like, I don't care if you know a freaking scripture about God's love. All I care about is that you know that you are loved. And that when you mess up, you are still loved. That when you are freaking out and you feel alone, even though you feel that way, it says you are still loved. That Christ is so passionate about me that he didn't wait for me to make a decision about him. It says that in the middle of all my craziness, that he sacrificed his life for me. That's this kind of love that I have to experience to be able to give out.
Sometimes we gain a lot of knowledge in church. We gain a lot of junk in church. And all of a sudden, I have a hard time loving you because I forget that this love was put into my life in a crazy way. I forget that I'm not probably nearly as good as what I think I am and that God is still putting his mercy in my life. And I have to go back to this original spot and I have to go, wow, God, I am thankful that you continue to have mercy on me. I am so thankful that I am experiencing your love. Because John is calling us to love each other, and I can't do that with Scripture. I can't do that with theology. I can't do that with a position in the church. I can only do that when I experience this love that come to me. And I think that's why, in my own crazy little mind here, is that I think that that's why it's so hard for me to get a hold of God really loving me. I can understand that God loves you because I really do believe Scripture when it says that God loves us. And, and I look at you and I'm like, well, of course God loves you. Come on, it doesn't matter what you do. But I know the thoughts that I have. I know the, the junk that is within my life. I know. And I'm like, okay, he can love you, but he can't love me. And John is going, if you really want To be able to love others, you have to experience this love first. So sometimes we know about it in our head, but we haven't experienced enough to give it out. Don't lose that mark of where you first started. Where you remembered that it was God's grace that continued to lift me up. It was nothing else. It was nothing that I knew. It was not respect from anybody else. It was the simple fact that God loved me And in my mess, he still loved me, and he reached out for me. So when I look at you, and I want to judge you, because I do. Anybody else like to judge people? I mean, honestly, come on. There's a little bit of fun to that in there. Um, When I want to do that, then God is going, you know something? Respond to them the way that I would respond to you, or the way that I did respond to you. And I'm like, wow, that's a lot harder. So this love that he is calling us to leads us to this last thing right here. This love leads us to a personal experience that leads us into an action. I can't say I love you unless it leads to action. Somebody after the first service, great point um, they made to me. And they were like, you know something I was raised in the church too? And he goes, you know what we love to do as Christians is that I want to be there for you, but being there for you means this, that I listen to your problem, maybe a moment, and then I say, awesome, I'll pray for you. I I believe in the power of prayer, and that's what this guy was saying. I believe in it, and it's awesome. But there's times that Christ put you in that situation to be the hands and feet of Christ. It doesn't matter what that person is doing. It's not in response to that person necessarily, it is because this is what Christ has done for me. When I look at this last scripture here, 1 John 3.16, says, We know what real love is because Jesus gave up his life for us. So we also ought to give up our lives for our brothers and sisters. That is a killer right there. So we don't even like each other enough to have great conversation sometimes. And yet, Scripture is going, I want you to love each other to this point. 
that you would give up your life for somebody. You know what? That means that maybe I lose my opinion, that I don't have to be right. That means that, that I accept you even whenever I think you're a little bit out there. Why? Because I, I figure you're accepting me and Christ accepted me. We are to be this loving entity that we can only be when we've experienced this. And then it leads us to this kind of action. 17 says, For if someone has enough money um, to live well and sees his brother or sister in need, but shows no compassion, how can God's love be in that person? Dear children, let us not merely say that we love each other. Let us show the truth by our actions. Our actions will show that we belong to the truth. So we will be confident when we stand before God. Even if we feel guilty, God is greater than our feelings. Aren't you glad that God is greater than our feelings? Man, I am, I am pumped by that. Um, and he knows everything. We are called into this action. Um, we are called into not just saying, hey, I really care for you, but I, I'm going to step out for you. I'm going to not respond in this sinful way, because I want, I, want to, I want to respond in a sinful way. There's something about us that just does. So I have to die to that and say, I want to respond to you the way Christ responded to me. And I have to walk back sometimes. If you have been a Christian very long, sometimes you have to walk back and just go, how was that? What is that? And I think it just renews something in us to remember how Christ really loves us. I don't understand why it's so hard for us to love each other. Like I said, I grew up in church, and I've watched churches kill each other. I've seen some of the best verbal arguments at church. I've watched some of the closest relationships just come to an end. I'm amazed that we can be Christ's followers and say we walk in the light, and yet leave here and destroy our brother and sister. But I do it. This isn't blaming you. I'm saying, I do it. And yet John is dealing with this and going, this is what I want you to do. Instead of worrying about all the, the other stuff in trying to be spiritual, focus on, I want you to love God with all of your heart. Love God with all of your heart. Empty out the other stuff. Love God with all your heart. That's going to cause us to obey and then I want you to love others. Just love others. Right now in your mind, um, there may be somebody that you're looking at in your, your mind that you're going, I can't even stand that person. I, I couldn't imagine having like a decent conversation. There's people in my mind that I can, come, I can think of right now that if I came face to face with them right now, all I want to do is kick them in the throat. Honestly, I mean, that's, 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 that's me. That's, and yet, they're a brother in Christ. I don't want to do what Scripture says. I want to do what I feel. Anybody understand that? So a kick to the throat seems very scriptural to me sometimes. And yet God is saying, hey, I want you to love I want you to love. I want you to love. It's so hard. And yet I challenge you today to think about the people that are in our lives that we like to respond with our feelings instead of respond with Scripture. 
those people that the Lord brings into our mind. The last thing is this, and, and then we're just going to end in prayer here. Honestly evaluate, am I personally experiencing the love of Christ? If you're not experiencing that love, if you're walking in fear of, of rules and regulations and you don't understand that, that Christ loves you, you're missing out on something. You've got to experience this. The second thing is, is Christ's love spilling over from... What is the... You are leaving something behind. It is like a boat that is on a lake and it has a wake behind it. In that wake, you are either leaving life or death. What are you leaving behind? We are called to leave life behind. And there has to be times of healing. There has to be times of forgiveness. There has to be these times that I respond, not out of my feelings, but I go, John, you don't understand what I'm going through. You don't... And he just says, you know something? Love God with all of your heart and love others. Love others. I don't know where you are today on this. Maybe it is, there's the pictures of people coming into your mind. As we do this last worship song, I just want you to allow the Holy Spirit to speak into you. If you need to come up to the front, if you need to bow where you are, if you just want to stare into space and let, let God speak to you and process that way, it doesn't matter. I just pray that we would be honest enough to go, you know something, I am human enough to know that I struggle with this. And the enemy wants to take advantage of that and bring destruction in us. Relationship-wise, he wants to destroy us. God has to help us to be able to love each other. As we do this last worship song, I pray that you would just find a spot, whether it's there or wherever, and just allow the Holy Spirit to speak to you.